us, is this the lunch loop? If so, um, we wish to cancel. Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lunloop Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the intersection of life, money, and uh, what was the last one? Markets. That's right, I always forget. I changed it. It used to be life trading. Wait, it used to be, what did it used to be? I got to go look at my uh, the header of my thing. <laughs> I can't remember what it used to be. It used to be the intersection of markets, trading, and life. Now it's the intersection of markets, money, and life. Wasn't that the worst 30 seconds of your life? You're not going to get it back. Sorry, you're not getting it back. Uh, so look, this is episode 37 of the Lundloop podcast. Can you believe that? I mean, it's going to, coming in March, it's going to be a year. And you'd say, well, how can it be a year if it's not 52? Well, I skipped a couple weekly podcasts here and there, but I'm getting better at, uh, you know, getting in the groove and I'm getting better at producing it. And I don't know, we'll see how uh, it goes from here. But look, today I want to talk to you about something that uh, it's one of those things that's not important until it is important. And even though a trading week is only five days, it's amazing what can happen earlier in the week that we is a race from our memory. It's like that men in black thing. It just erases our memory by the time we get to Friday. This was a great week, and a lot of people were on a high on Friday after the market rallied and got to the top of a range, but we forget what happened on Wednesday. Hard edit alert. You know what the worst thing is, is after you've recorded a podcast and you go back to check it and you realize that you made a minor mistake and you're like, do I leave it in or do I just assume that people know what I'm talking about? Eh, whatever. So what I really meant was Tuesday, not Wednesday. On Wednesday, there was all sorts of fuckery going on at the open. And I'm going to read from the uh, CNN business uh, report about this. So New York Exchange, <clears throat> I'm going to read from the CNN business article about this. New York Stock Exchange officials said Wednesday that a manual error, by the way, that's in quotes, a manual error was responsible for the massive price swings and trading halt of hundreds of company stocks that punctuated Tuesday's market open. That's their wording. That's very awkward. The root cause of the error, which the exchanges said had been resolved, was an error tied, they've used error twice in one sentence, I don't like that, was an error tied to the company's quote, disaster recovery, unquote, configuration. What is that? A disaster recovery configuration. Okay. Uh, that's like collateral damage. It appears that a manual test of their emergency system went awry. Really? You think so? In total, more than 1,300 trades in 84 stocks. 1,300 trades. They're saying only 1,300 trades were affected. That doesn't seem right. And 84 stocks were impacted by the error and marked as abnormal. This is so, this, the syntax here is just bizarre. Let's read that again. In total, more than 1,300 trades and 84 stocks were impacted by the error and marked as abnormal, according to the NYSE. The exchange also said that 4,341 trades in 251 ticker symbols, here we go in quotes again, should be busted unquote, or canceled. So 
we went from 1,300 trades and 84 stocks to 4,341 trades and 251 stocks. Okay, whatever. Some of the largest financial institutions, retailers, communications, and industrial companies were affected by the glitch. It's a glitch now on Tuesday, including McDonald's, Walmart, and ExxonMobil, according to the NYSE. Many of those stocks made large moves on Tuesday, just minutes into the morning trading session, sending some shares into a nosedive. And then here's the big H1 uh, tag. What happened? Question mark. And then they do an explainer. Stocks typically open for trading on the NYSE at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Oh, really? No, duh. And each stock is given a, here we go, quotes again, opening price, unquote, that is determined through a complicated system that uses the thousands of orders that accumulated overnight and early in the morning ahead of the opening bell. Okay, that just said nothing. The exchange compiles these buy and sell orders and formats a single price that is then quoted at market open. The price is meant to balance out supply and demand for the stock and limit volatility in early trading. Oh, thank you. Thank you for watching out for us. Exchange officials said that this pricing process, quotes again, did not occur, <laughs> unquote. Really? Okay. On Tuesday, for a number of these stocks, that meant those shares opened with supply-demand imbalances at prices very far from where they closed on Monday. That's a technical term, very far. Uh, here's the next H1 uh, headline. What's next? Question mark. We go right into the quotes. All exchange systems are operating. Actually, I got to say this in like a total uh, pedantic technocrat uh, voice, right? All exchange systems are operational, and a normal opening for January 25th, 2023 is expected, NYSE said in a statement early Wednesday. The Securities and Exchange Commission, meanwhile, is, is like, meanwhile, back in the lair, the Securities and Exchange Commission, meanwhile, has said that it is looking into the issue. A spokesperson told CNN on Wednesday that, quote, staff are reviewing the activity and have been in touch with the, rele the relevant exchanges all right unquote that's what did that say there nothing look what happened on tuesday should be viewed just like when we see price action in stock everybody wants to know why it happened it doesn't matter why it happened i mean theoretically academically i guess it does matter why it happened but it doesn't matter to you and i it doesn't matter to our pnl and what we should be focusing on instead is how we can handle situations like this. And the thing about these sort of situations is we get lulled into a sense of security around technology. Technology, 99.9% .9 of the time, works perfect. Think about your, your iPhone. How many things can you do from your iPhone? You can watch a movie on demand. You can order food on demand. You can get porn. I mean, you know, you can do a lot of stuff on demand, and it normally never fails. It's only when it does fail, and we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. My, my text didn't go through. I'm so angry. Well, trading platforms and exchanges fail at the when we least expect it, right? And there's things that we can do to have a little bit of a backup system, our own emergency system in place so that whatever happens on the NYSE or with your broker dealer either doesn't affect you or you minimize it, right? So, all right, so let's take a for instance, like let's, let's, let's take something that's happened a number of times over the past few years is uh, you get a platform that goes down. Like it's usually think or swim. 
you very rarely do you see IB or some of the others go down, but toss seems to be the one that goes down a lot. And you see immediately on social media and in trading chat rooms, people throwing out frantic statements like, I'm missing out on the biggest rally ever, or this is a big one. I'm losing thousands of dollars right now, right? Well, all right, let me inject some reality into this situation. The first rule of online trading is you don't talk about online trading. Wait, sorry, that's Fight Club. The first rule of online trading is that when there are technical problems, you are on your own. And I'm putting those in big italics. You are on your own. The agreements that you sign, you and I sign when we open a brokerage account, specifically state that the broker-dealer is not responsible for technical issues related to platform functionality, connection problems with the exchange, or data feeds. This applies to their technical issues as well as any technical issues their vendors, those third-party vendors that they contract may experience. Now, look, if you call customer service and you complain loud enough, yeah, you might get some free trades or a toaster, but you're not going to get a refund on that five grand you lost. That's just the way it is. They don't care that you couldn't close out your position. They don't care that you missed out on the biggest rally in history. All right. The second rule of online trading is that technical problems will happen at, here come the italics, exactly the worst moment. It's a simple math equation. All right. So Imagine there is some terrible terrorist attack overnight and everybody and their brother panics and decides to sell their positions as soon as the market opens. You get this massive wave of sell orders that hit your broker site. And what does it do? It crashes it. Those same sell orders will then start driving prices down, causing more people to sell, and it will send the market into a free fall. This is the time when you'll most need to get out of your position, but you won't be able to. And believe me, it sucks because I've been in this position before. But it doesn't have to be something as dramatic as a terrorist attack or a zombie apocalypse for these problems to arise. Sometimes it's something super mundane. For example, brokers often roll out new code or system upgrades overnight. I know this. I worked for a broker dealer. I was on the back end. They often do this on Sunday nights. I don't know why. Um, although they test these things the best they can to make sure that everything is stable, Sometimes an issue will not show up until the rush of opening orders hits their servers the next morning. So basically, there are a lot of things that can cut off your ability to trade. Um, but you want to do everything you can to try and survive when the shit hits the fan. So here's a couple of suggestions. You may think that they're way out there. And look, if you've got a $10,000 or $20,000 account, maybe they are, right? But if you're moving size, if you're making and risking a lot of money, you should seriously think about these. So, all right, so here's number one. Backup, backup, and more backup. As modern as our world is, even in the urban, you know, the major urban centers, despite the fact that we rarely lose power, it happens. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, a major part of SoCal lost power for a couple hours. So, it doesn't matter if it's a line worker that hits the wrong switch or a fuse blows out in your home or your office. There's always the chance of an unexpected power outage. So go to Best Buy, go to this place called Amazon. You can get to it through a browser. Get yourself a UPS backup battery unit. They're not that expensive. You don't need one that will power your whole house. You just need one that can give you 15 to 30 minutes of time. Once you get it, Make sure you plug your computer's CPU into it, your internet modem, and your wireless router, and at least one monitor. This will enable the, 
this, this will make it so that you can stay up and running and give you enough time to flatten out positions or at least put stop orders in if you lose power either in your house or on the grid around you. All right. Number two, get redundant, son. Even with no broker issues and full power, your internet can go out. And that just leaves you at the mercy of the markets. If you have access in your area to fiber optic services like Verizon's Fios, you should seriously look into getting those because they're extremely fast and they have almost no downtime. But no matter what type of internet access you have, you should definitely look into redundancy in the form of a separate internet provider. Don't be penny wise and pound foolish. Just pay the extra 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever and get a backup connection. Even if you never use it, it's great peace of mind to know that you can flip from DSL to cable or from Fios to satellite or whatever it is just by flipping your Cat5 uh, cables. Um, by the way, it goes without saying, you should have a Cat5 cable alternative, meaning like one of those little boxes that you can just switch with one. I'm doing my wrist here. I'm switching my wrist. One wrist flip and you go from, you know, Fios to DSL or, or whatever it is. All right, number three, duplicate your order routing. Online trading is so frictionless today, there is no reason to have all your trading funds with one broker. There really isn't. Split your funds 50-50 or 30-70 between your primary broker and your secondary broker. You can even have three brokers. Then unless there is a complete failure on the exchange system itself, something which is almost unheard of. And by the way, if it happens, you're screwed either way. You'll have an alternative to flatten your positions out. So let's say you're long 500 shares of XYZ and you lose access to your broker's platform. If the market starts to tank, you can go to your secondary broker and sell 500 shares of XYZ short, effectively making you flat on the position. And then you can unwind each side of that when things go back to normal. It will cost you a little bit more in commissions, but what does that matter if it saves you hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars? All right, number four. I think we're on four, right? Remember, the power is in your hand. I'm holding my hand up. If your internet connection goes down and it's not an exchange problem, you still should be able to close your position out on your broker's mobile app because it's using cellular, unless it's Robinhood, which God God knows what goes on that, that app. But uh, the point is, Make sure to have your brokerage app downloaded on your phone and close to you, or close to your trading desk, so that if something does happen on you know on your screens, you can just pick up your your phone and hopefully uh, get something in to flatten out your positions. All right, here's a bonus tip: if you ever happen to fat finger a trade, either over buying or selling a position, here come the italics again. Close it out immediately. If you're a trader, you have to analyze situations fast and then you have to take quick, non-emotional actions. And this is a perfect example of when you need to do that. Even if you think the mistake was caused by the broker's trading platform, close the position first, investigate later. Here's why. How long will it take you to pick up the phone and get through to your broker's customer service desk and then contact their order desk and then contact the exchange? Do you want an open oversized position out there during this process, possibly going against you hard, and then only to find out later that your broker or exchange won't break the trade? Trust me, kill the trade immediately, then call your broker's customer support line and explain the situation. If you're a good customer and the loss is not too big, you got a decent chance that they might break the trade or at least give you some free 
trades to compensate or maybe a toaster. I don't know. Anyway, look, I hope this helped. If you got any questions, hit me up at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thelunloop.com. And uh, I'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Brian from The Lunloop. Look, if you're tired of BS trading newsletters that are always trying to upsell you, if you're sick of investment gurus that want to charge you two grand for their product, if you can't stand the toxic swamp that is financial Twitter, come on over to the Lund Loop. We're about one-tenth the cost of your average trading newsletter, and you get 14.8 times as much value. Just made that number up. But what we really are is a community of traders and active investors that are dedicated to doing one thing and one thing only helping each other crush the market. So come on over and check out the Lund Loop. We'll be waiting for you. Um, I would like to repeat that want to be canceled from the Lund Loop. Whatever you've got me on, um, if you wish to call and explain what it is, uh, actually uh, forget that. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got any questions, hit me up at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thelungloop.com. I'll see you next time. Bye.